looks out on those Brooklyn roads Brooklyn roads I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love Grow apple trees and Another public service announcement from Real Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Hey, good evening and welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Have a seat. The roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Whoa! Oh, you left me some green there. Yes, I did. That's nice. All right. Yeah, you used to know people that were nice, didn't you? I used to. You used to know someone that was like that, that was nice? Oh, wait a minute, you still do. Oh, yeah. Well, now I do. You hey, good evening, and welcome to The Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have any special effects here at Jester Radio. 
So it's reliant upon me to provide the necessary sound effects. Right now I'm going to make the sound of somebody glugging a Coke Zero. That's right. Without any electronic gadgets or gizmos. Hey, you're listening to the Roofings of Acclaim this Tuesday, April the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. It's tax day, which is why we have songs this evening that have nothing to do with your taxes. That's the other stations to do. We got something else coming up. And such a show it is featuring the likes of Fleetwood Mac, Phil Collins, Edgar Winter, The Beatles, Golden Earring, Paul Simon, King Crimson, so much more. <coughs> Pack up along, Bob. And hanging behind the glass with Robert the Engineer this evening. How's it going? Good evening, Bob. Bob, as usual, stopped uh, into the uh, booth this evening with a lovely uh, budling. Yeah, it was just a little budling. Of something that budling. I can only say smelled like a woman's vagina. Like a fresh but don't morning forget, don't forget spring. But don't forget what I uh, brought over here on Sunday. Well, you know, we discussed it, as you know, Bob. When you I, were, I, I, was, I was not here. You were here, but you were not mentally here. But we discussed it at length last night. Robert dropped by on Sunday evening with a lovely treat, a, uh, something from the Magic Garden, a bag of mushrooms, which we promptly snarfed and set about on a uh, bodacious uh, mind-spelunking journey. Yeah, spelunking. I remember we talked about that. <laughs> talked about uh, spelunking. Going into the mind. Come with me. I'll take you where the taste of life is green, where every day holds wonders to be seen. Come with me. Leave yesterday behind and take a giant step outside your mind. The monkeys coaxed us to do back in 1966. <laughs> and it wasn't until many years later that most people realized they were talking about tripping on acid. Because that. Well, what it does is the psilocybin and the mushrooms makes the shit that you normally filter out of your brain, it makes it even more intense. So the shit you don't even notice, like the fiber in the carpet, become like alive and intense. And, and everything is fucking funny as shit. Yeah, I was fucking lit. Especially when you're in like in a cool, comfortable environment. If you're like in a, in a bad scene... Uh, I suppose I've heard the story of bad trips. I've never personally had one. Neither Anytime I. I was lucky enough to get hallucinogenic drugs, it was right? a I... good day for me. Yeah. So, but uh, I have heard these stories of people who have uh, <laughs> bummer trips, who seem to be like paranoid and upset. And I tell those people they're really not, you know, meant for the adventure of the uh, mind. The weak, the weak at heart. Stick, stick to the you know Calab Calabasas caverns or whatever with the tour guide. You know, if you want to go exploring. What are those caverns there near, there near Las Vegas? Whatever with the stalactites. Go on one of those tours with Grandma. Yeah, some shit like that. Right. Right. So not everybody is um, is um, you know uh, equipped. Anyway, yeah, it was a lovely evening. We didn't get a chance to get on the air because the monitor was too bright and we couldn't stare at it for long periods of time. But we did manage to to get the playlist going. Yeah. And we cranked up some good tunes. Yes, we God did. knows that what we they did. were. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I tripped on Friday night last weekend and I don't remember a fucking 
thing. Yeah, you had a little uh, little lost time. Experience. I lost I lost about two hours of my life. That was I, the I, night I, that, I got, that I did not remember living. That was the night that they spotted those lights in the sky, and you said your asshole hurt the next day like crazy. What's up with that? I don't know, man. I don't know. That, that shit was fucking weird, though. I'll tell you that. Anyway, um, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours this evening. Time to turn our attention to the headlines. What's that? It's just a sound effect, Bob. Uh, Try not to panic. From high atop Jester Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. It's time now for the evening news. Featuring the Jester. Jester Radio. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth stepped onto the USO for the first time as pontiff today. <coughs> arriving to a presidential handshake. It's incredible to me the deference that the media is giving this fucking clown, this Nazi fucking piece yeah, of wasn't shit. Yeah, wasn't he a part of the fucking Hitler Youth or some shit? Yeah. And the, 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 the you know, the, the, it's not enough that the press um, is calling him the Pope and the Pontiff and all these, like, crazy, like, expressions of, like, you know, uh, of his holiness, but on Fox News, and you know how I am, I'm always watching the conservative news, you know, just like drives me bonkers, but I can't turn it off. Um, and on Fox News, they're saying, you know, shit like, his holy father will be visiting the cities, like, they just slip in these fucking expressions, like, what? Is that what TV fucking news should be calling the guy? His holy father? Uh, he arrived to a presidential handshake. The president of our United States went out on the fucking tarmac and kissed this fucking guy's ass while cheering only hours after he, he admitted that he's deeply ashamed of the clergy sex abuse scandal that has devastated the American church. And I like what you did to and, them damn Jews. And by the way... We're uh, doing that to them Iraqis. <laughs> how, how, uh, how snappy of him to respond to this scandal only seven years after it started. Now he's deeply ashamed. All of a sudden, he's deeply ashamed. By the way, he already sent out the orders to all the you know uh, uh, priests and the churches to try and bury this shit as fucking deeply as possible. But they put it in code, you know. They they say, you know, try to make amends and try to bring healing and forgiveness. In other words, try and trick the kids who were abused into forgiving. The priests say it's like a Christian thing, you know, blobbity blibbity, you know. Give them some horse shit that way, they won't fucking sue us. Because they're killing them. They're fucking killing them. They've already paid like hundreds of millions of dollars for these fucking uh, uh, pedophiles. Benedict gave hundreds of spectators a two-handed wave as he stepped off a special Alitalia airliner that brought him from Rome. Students from a local Catholic school screamed ecstatically when they saw the Pope. <laughs> Jesus who shook Christ. hands warmly with President Bush, First Lady Laura Bush, and their daughter, Jenna, on the tarmac. They all fucking came out for the Pope. Hundreds of onlookers, some from the local Catholic parishes, clapped and shouted as they watched the scene from nearby bleachers. Benedict tackled the most painful issue facing the U.S. Catholic Church clergy, sex abuse on his flight to America, just in the last split second while he was on the plane. He figured, I better get out with it. <coughs> The U.S. Church has paid out $2 billion in abuse costs since 1950, most of that in the last six years. Seemingly in a nod to his American flock, the Pope spoke in English as he answered questions submitted in advance by reporters. It is great suffering for the Church in the United States and for the Church in general, and for me personally, 
that this could happen, Benedict said. It is difficult for me to understand how it is possible that priests betray in this way their mission to these children. And by saying so, when he says it's difficult for me to understand, that's code for maybe it didn't really happen. Difficult for me to understand how such a thing could happen. I'm thinking that it really, because I'm thinking it's hard to understand. I'm deeply ashamed. We will do what is possible so this cannot happen again in the future. Benedict pledged that pedophiles will not be priests in the Catholic Church. I do not wish to talk at this moment about homosexuality, but about pedophilia, which is another thing, he said. So that's uh, interesting. The Pope uh, distinguishes homosexuality from pedophilia. That's an advancement, because back in the day, they would just you know, categorize them all the same. We will absolutely exclude pedophiles from the sacred ministry. It is more important to have good priests than many priests. We'll do everything possible to heal this wound. Gary Bergeron, who was molested by a priest in the 1970s in Lowell, Mass., uh, Bob's old stomping ground, called the comments, a step I've been looking for. Bergeron said he was disappointed that Benedict did not actually pull down his pants and let him bone him up the ass himself or visit the Archdiocese of Boston, the scene of the case that sparked the great scandal, but urged the pontiff to meet with the victims this week. So he doesn't even plan to meet with victims. He doesn't even plan to actually go to Boston where the whole fucking thing happened. He's staying as far away from Boston as he can get. Yeah, probably. I would be too, dude. If I was him, fuck that shit, dude. I wouldn't be going anywhere near there. The Pope's promise failed to they mollify. Kill your ass, dude. They fucking Yeah, that's like true. Him. That's true. They, they may just fucking stone of, him to death. Yeah, a lot of people fucking don't like him. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people who are Catholics that believe in the religion but don't like it at all. They don't. They don't like the Pope at all. Well, uh, that's interesting. How can you be a Catholic and not? Well, they were brought up that way, and that's yeah. kind of what they believe in. You know, a lot of people just kind of flock like sheep. You know, that's what they've always done. That's what they're going to keep doing. You know. It's easy and but, tempting to, t- to continuously focus on pedophile priests themselves, said Peter Isley, a board member of the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. It's harder but crucial to focus on the broader problem, complicity, in the rest of the church hierarchy. This is where, we, where the rubber meets the road. Benedict's pilgrimage is the first trip by a pontiff to the U.S. since the Boston case in 2002 triggered a crisis that spread throughout the U.S. and beyond. Hundreds of new charges, many dating back decades have surfaced each year since there were 691 new accusations in 2007 alone, and there were 814 episodes of Law and Order uh, uh, based on pri- priests raping kids, or approximately how many? As ha- 714 episodes were based on Jesus. That. Fucking Christ, no, man. I'm just making that up. As head of the Vatican Agency that enforces adherence to Catholic doctrine, then-Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger was heavily involved in gaining Vatican approval for the reforms U.S. bishops proposed for the American Church. The bishops have since released several reports analyzing the scandal and have pledged that all credibly accused priests will be pulled from the public ministry. They have to be credibly accused. Like if some kid, like, you know, doesn't have, like, a bruise in his asshole. Yeah, that's fucked up. State officials today defended their decision to suddenly separate mothers from many of the children taken in a raid on Polygamous Ranch in West Texas. Texas Children's Protective Services spokeswoman Marley Meisner said the separation was made today after they decided that children are more truthful in interviews uh, about the possible abuse if their parents are not around. Duh. 
These are the fucking parents who abused them when state troopers and child welfare officials seized 416 children from the compound. 139 women accompanied them on their own and have been allowed to stay with the children until today. In other words, the parents who were abusing the children were allowed to come and stay with the children. And they, they, they claim this was because uh, they didn't have enough foster families. All of a sudden, they had 416 kids to look after. Only women with children under five could stay at the San Angelo Coliseum <laughs> where they're being held. Meisner said the decision was made after much discussion with experts. The mothers have complained the state deceived them, but Meisner said the situation was explained, and while there were tears, the operation went smoothly. I can tell you, we believe the children who are victims of abuse or neglect, and particularly victims at the hands of their own parents, are certainly going to feel safer to tell their story when they don't have a parent there coaching them and telling them how to respond, Meisner said. You know, I saw an interview with a, a bunch of these women after they were ripped away from their children. Yeah. And they were sobbing, and they seemed like such decent, you know, sad, you know, genuine. I mean, of course, they're the children, for Christ's sake. Even if they beat them every day, they're their own kids, and they were upset. And the newscaster said, you know, well, how do you feel? And they were like, oh, my God, my babies and my children. And they were so upset. And they said, what's this shit about the men raping the young children when they're eight years old? Dead fucking silence. <laughs> Just staring into the camera. We're talking, and then they get like after a minute, they like compose themselves and they go, We're just talking about the children. We just want to talk about the children. Said, Well, is it true that the men marry the children when they're nine and 11 years old and then have sex with them in the bed in the attic of the church because they can't even wait to get them home? And they're dead silence. And they're like these fucking evil monsters who allow their children to be taken away, married off to this fucking, some 50-year-old fucking decrepit thing. Holy crap. I can tell you we believe the children who are victims of abuse and neglect uh, will uh, be likely to talk more when their parents aren't around. Although Meisner called the decision typical. In any case, her agency works every single day. She also ticked off a list of obstacles making the seizure of more than 400 children from a polygamous sect anything but typical. Meisner said child welfare officials still can't find birth certificates for a lot of the kids. Of course, how could they have birth certificates? They're they fucking like rabbits, dude. They're like rabbits, and they, they weren't born in the hospital. They were born in the church, and they would never want to tell anybody that the father was, you know, 72 and the mother was nine. They found, like, 16-year-old kids there who already had, like, four and six children. Jesus. Making parentage and age determinations impossible. Said uh, She said many of the children don't know who their parents are. Many have, have the same last name. They may or may not be related. It's a difficult process, she said. Authorities raided the sect's ranch more than a week ago in response to allegations that underage girls were forced to marry older men. About three dozen of the women who returned to the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints Ranch spoke out yesterday after 11 days in temporary shelters. They said in interviews that police surrounded them on Monday, gave them a choice between returning home or relocating to a women's shelter. It just feels like someone is trying to hurt us, said Paula, 38, who, like other members of the sect, declined to give her <laughs> full name. I don't understand how they can do this when they don't know for sure uh, they don't have a for sure knowledge that anyone has abused these children. They don't have a for sure knowledge. Uh, 
but who who are they to say anything like that? Because they've probably been getting fucking abused since they were nine years old too. Exactly. They're like zombies. The reporters said that they like had dead eyes. Brenda, a 37-year-old mother of two teenage boys, said the women were threatened with arrest if they resisted the court order. Of course. That's why it's called a court order. The women have been told that they would stay with their children at least until Thursday when a custody hearing is scheduled, she said. The state is accusing the sect of physically and sexually abusing the youngsters and wants to strip the parents of custody and place the kids in foster care, put them up for adoption. The sheer size of the case... Uh, was the obstacle. Brenda and others were critical of CPS, saying the agency misled them as to what was to happen on Monday, weren't told why the children were removed from the compound, and gave inaccurate messages about opportunities to meet attorneys. We got to where we said, we cannot believe a word you said. We cannot trust you, she said. Officials said the investigation began with a call from a young girl who has yet to be located by the CPS, the women in the sect said they suspect she may be a bitter ex-member of the church. The FLDS practiced polygamy and arranged marriages, sometimes between underage girls and older men. The group has thousands of followers uh, in two side-by-side towns in Arizona and Utah. They've been repeatedly fought because of their lifestyle. Men, women, and children have been swept up in raids in 1935 1944 and 1953. So they know they're in there, they know they're fucking the children, and they just let it go 30, 40 years at a time. Bombings blamed on Al-Qaeda in Iraq tore through the market areas in Baghdad and outside the capital today, killing nearly 60 people and shattering weeks of relative calm in the Sunni-dominated areas. This is where it's supposedly getting much better in Iraq. 60 60 people dead. The bloodshed in four cities as far north as Mosul and as far west as Ramada struck directly at U.S. claims that the Sunni insurgency is waning and being replaced by Shiite militia violence is a major threat. The deadliest blast took place in Bakuba and Ramadi, two cities where the U.S. military has claimed various degrees of success in getting Sunnis to turn against al-Qaeda. So, so much for the success of uh, the United States, the, the surge. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on JR, hanging behind the glass with Bob the Engineer, hanging in the Just Radio chat room, www.justradio.com. Click on chat. Get you there. 646-502-8600. Jot down those numbers. They'll get you live on the air with the jester. Tell us what you want to hear or just, uh, you know, get off. Uh, get that shit off your chest. That's been uh, pissing you off. 646-502-8600. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. 
Beelzebub, Satan, the walking dude. That's his name. Rolling Stones on Jazz Radio. Sympathy for the Devil. Interesting drums on that one. Tuesday, April the 15th, Tax Day. On Jazz Radio, hanging behind the glass with Bobby. What's going on? I should call you Bobby from now on. Would that piss you off? No. Then never mind. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on JR. Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, we were talking about, uh, we were doing the shri- the shrooms the other day. Yeah. I guess that's what you kids nowadays call them, shrooms. Back in nowadays, we called them magic mushrooms. I know. I like to say fungus because everyone's like, what are you talking about, man? I just think it's funny. Everybody's fucking stupid nowadays. Fungi. Well, no, not everybody. A lot of people. Many, many, many people are. And I, and I was remembering back the uh, first time I did shrooms with my future ex former Mrs. Jester. Oh yeah. And we were we had flown out to visit another couple, um, tonic water listener, um, out in Phoenix, and we had backstage passes to go see Jackson Brown, and we were sitting like in the fourth row on the aisle. We got uh, VIP passes, and we were sitting with the family and all this shit, sitting with Jackson Brown's brother. Uh-huh. And um Mrs. former future ex Mrs. Jester kept saying I don't feel anything. You know that's that situation. Yeah. So sometimes especially for for people who do shrooms for the first time or yeah, first time in a long to, time. They don't know what to expect. And and it hits you like a freight train. So I kept giving her more and more. I kept saying, "Here, here, take some more. Shut the fuck up." And let me tell you, man, by the time we walked out, we were fucking so wasted between the four of us. You know, we did like a quarter ounce of shrooms. Yeah. And we were just fucking beyond, you know, wasted. We had gone backstage and met Jackson Brown. I I had a very funny encounter with him. And then we went outside. And as we're walking to the car, there was a huge wall, the completely white, blank brick wall, painted white, maybe like five, six stories high, (laughs) like a quarter block long. And the four of us are walking down the street, deserted fucking alley in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, two o'clock in the morning after the concert. Everybody else had split because we stayed back to party with the backstage. And we saw this blank wall and the four of us literally fell down on the ground hysterically laughing. And I almost passed out. I was laughing. So it was like vomit laughing. And for like 15 fucking minutes, I shit you not. We couldn't stand up. We were laughing so fucking hard at this blank brick white wall on this alleyway in Phoenix, Arizona. So that's a good, that's one of the good memories I have about my marriage. Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton outlined an aggressive 100-day presidential agenda today, and Senator Barack Obama promised to play of- offense for working Americans. This is the fucking difference, man. This is why I don't want Obama. Man, as it gets down to the wire, I really have to express myself about this. Hillary lays out a detailed 100-item fucking 100-day plan. This is what I'm going to do the second I get into office. Work like a fucking pig for America. Sweating and fucking working like a hog. And what fucking Obama says is another one like one of these rhyming fucking Martin Luther King phrases. I'm going to play offense for working Americans. Not to mention if he gets into office, every fucking nigger in the entire United States will be like, oh, it's okay. There's a black guy. 
It's, in the office. It's Obama we'll, time. We'll be able to get out of it. It's all good. We get we get a nigger in office. There was a there was a story that went around when when Rudy Giuliani became uh, mayor of New York City. There was like this uh, a, a, a bunch of people supposedly beat up these black guys. And they and they were Italians, and they said it's uh, Giuliani time. <laughs> like now, the Italians run the streets because we got an Italian mayor. So maybe you're right. The the niggas will say it's Obama time, and they'll start kicking ass. But that's not what I'm worried about. What I'm really worried about is the race. Since we really only do get one of or the other, it's time to start paying attention which one we need. And if Hillary is the candidate, then she's the one that goes into office with an agenda, a list of shit, and he's the one that goes into office with rhyming phrases, like he's fucking Reverend, Ga- you know, uh, um, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, or, or, or yeah, exactly, exactly. He's doing these like rhyming phrases. Oh, loud! I'm gonna play offense for working Americans. Like, what, what exactly does that mean? That you're going to do from nine to eleven, and then from noon to four. You know, p- plan it out, man. Don't just fucking. Uh, and this is also what worries me is that if he does end up being the, the Democratic candidate, I, I, I just don't see how um, America, the breadbasket of America, is going to fucking play with a fucking rhyming nigger. They're just going to think he's a highfalutin nigger. The the. Uh, um, uh, Rush Limbaugh, I listen to these fucking uh, right-wing lunatics all day long, and all they're talking about in these very sort of subtle racial terms is how, you know, Obama's very highfalutin. He talks down to people. He's very elitist. And uh, this is really what they're going to play to. And I tell you, man, Mr. and Mrs. America, Joe Sixpack, is not going to fucking vote for some highfalutin nigger. No shit, He's just not gonna. And that's it. And we're gonna have fucking John McCain. John McCain. Now, come on, people. Get with it here. One week before the Pennsylvania primary, Clinton was jolted with a fresh reminder that party elders have no appetite for a campaign that drags the convention. In late August, Representative Barney Frank said the candidate who trails in the delegate chase will quit by June 3rd, probably sooner. He told the AP in an interview, the former first lady currently trails Obama by 136 delegates, according to the AP count, and the odds are poor that she'll be able to overtake Obama by the time the primaries end on the first Tuesday in June. Clinton became the third of the three remaining presidential hopefuls to appear before newspaper editors at their convention. Following appearances by Obama and McCain on Monday, she accused Bush of having expanded executive power to the detriment of the Constitution while often operating in secrecy. This is what I want. This is what I want the fucking president talking about. This is why I fucking dig Hillary. The first second she gets up in front of the microphone, she says, this lunatic we have in office has been wiping his ass with the Constitution. (laughs) That is the most important thing going on in America right now. It's fucking everything up. My grandma Jester used to say, the fish stinks from the head down. That's why we have fucking corruption in the street. That's why we have cops pulling over kids and fucking bossing them around because they can. There is no ethic. It's just a bully government that we have. 
She accused Bush of expanded executive power to the detriment of the Constitution while often operating in secrecy. I'll end the use of signing statements to rewrite the laws Congress has passed. I'll shut down Guantanamo, disavow torture, restore right of habeas corpus. She said, that's it, that's all. That's it. What fucking more do you want from a president in 2008? She just went down the fucking list of all the shit we need to do. I'll end the practice of using executive privilege as a shield against the public's right to know and Congress's duty to oversee the president. Clinton's 100-day agenda included the start of a troop withdrawal from Iraq and submitted a budget to Congress that rolls back Bush's stupid tax cuts. She promised to sign the bills that he vetoed to expand the federal embryonic stem cell research, get the fucking Christians out of the, out of the, the, the government labs, broaden government-supported health care to millions of lower-income children who now go without any insurance. In short, starting from day one, the Bush-Cheney era will be over in the name and in practice, she said. That's all. There you go. What the fuck else do you want? Not shit. Somebody who goes into the executive office with a deep and abiding loathing of Bush and determined to undo all the evil that he's done the past eight years. That's all. Now, if we could get her elected and just get her to legalize pot, we'd be all set. Oh, my God. You know, by the way, that might be something Obama would be good for. Yeah, because he's a nigger. Yeah, maybe I think, you know, he sees that all the fucking people in jail on marijuana are the yeah, blacks. Yeah, all, all his buddies that are in fucking jail are all in there because of fucking selling pot, dude. He well, can he get them all out. Per- he may not be personally uh, familiar, familiar with each of them. They may not be his buddies, but they may be what he considers to be his culture and his people that are being fucking railroaded by the government they use this phony baloney marijuana thing you know the law in 19 they created the law the marijuana tap tax stamp act in 1938 yeah and it makes it illegal to possess marijuana and it makes it illegal to sell it without the the paying the tax on without paying the tax which and the, you can't get the license to sell it without t- having it and it's already illegal to have it so basically it's just some phony baloney crock of shit law but it was done but it was done specifically to block was, the loophole it was done specifically before the consumption act before the actually marijuana was prohibited it was done specifically to stop uh, mexican immigrants from coming into the united states that's why the law called it marijuana instead of cannabis, which is what it was known as before that. They called it some Spanish name specifically because this is where all the fucking Mexicans were coming across the border to sell pot. 1938. It was really done as a way of stopping Mexican immigration. So there's never been a valid scientific study that to worked, show any... That worked out really fucking good. <laughs> Let me tell you, that plan was real fucking smart. It didn't help shit. Isn't that funny? Didn't help fucking shit. Well, I guess the that just goes is, to show you... The workforce is still overrun with them. They still come in. They Don't get me wrong, they do great work, but I fucking... Get, I guess dirty, it shows, filthy, it shows to go you that uh, you can't stem the tide, man. If they're going to come, they're going to come. We need to fucking address that, not, you know, h- how high a fence can we fucking put up? You know, uh, information flows like water, and people do too. It is the nature of man to shift his, you know, place around. That's how we all got where we are now. Yeah. Nobody, for, Nobody's from around here. Don't forget, Jimi Hendrix said that. 
Nobody is from around here. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location. And, uh, you know, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now, I want to understand. Jackson Brown on JR. Don't touch that dial. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I want to understand. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. Doctor, my through this world and as each moment has unfurled I've been waiting to awaken from these dreams people go just where they will I never noticed them until I got this feeling that it's later than it seems doctor my eyes I cannot see the sky is this the prize for having learned how not to cry Jackson Brown on Jazz Radio with a cool uh, interesting drum part there little bongo action. Yeah, a little bongo. A little we, like, we like the bongo. A little conga action there. President Senator Arlen Specter's cancer has returned. The five-term Republican said in a statement released by his office today that he was diagnosed with an early recurrence of Hodgkin's disease, which is cancer of the lymph system. 
And, you know, that's it. That's a death sentence. In the medical parlance, they, they say that you have one foot in the grave and the other foot on a banana peel. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. He's 78 years old. He underwent treatment for the same type of cancer in 05 and was later given a clean bill of health. The statement said that the cancer was revealed in a medical scan, but that he has no symptoms. So he should sue that doctor while he's got, a, you know, I guess he's got a couple of good weeks left. I was surprised by the PET scan findings because I have been uh, feeling so good, Spector said. I consider this just another bump in the road to a successful recovery from Hodgkin's, which, for which I've been symptom-free for three years. So there you go. Never, never give in is the cancer, man. You know, you and I have been around uh, cancer for a long time. Yes, we have. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something you really just got to live with hope all the time. The second you give up, man, that's, that's the end. I've seen it a million fucking times. The second you fucking surrender, man, the second you go, you know what, I got the fucking cancer, fuck that shit, you really got to battle it out to the end. That's the way I'm going to go. I'm going to battle it out up to that first, like, tiny little uh, uh, pang of pain, and then I'm just going to blow my fucking head off. Because I don't want to be around, like, slobbering and blabbering, you know? I barely, like, want to be around now, as it is. Yeah. But fucking, you know, gibbering and slobbering and in fucking agony all the time? Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'll pull my own plug. By the way, if I could be completely pain-free and get, like, full-time Geraldo on the TV, I mean, you know, an ice cream, that would be fine. But the second the pain kicks in, fuck that. A sex offender accused of shooting his pregnant girlfriend in front of their two children told police the gun went off by accident during an argument. Police responded to the Bidwell Tavern parking lot in Coventry, Connecticut, on Monday afternoon in a report of a blood-stained man threatening to kill himself while holding his two-year-old son. Jesus. Police said the man, Alfredo Farrar, put the gun in his mouth at one point. Authorities said Farrar, who's 43, told them during a standoff that he shot his girlfriend at their apartment near the restaurant. The officers said they eventually subdued him with a stun gun, and the child was taken to a hospital but appeared unharmed. His other child, who neighbors said is five, also was with, uh, was with him. The children's mother, uh, 27-year-old Amanda Reilly, was in extremely critical condition today at Hartford Hospital. So she's not, uh, he didn't quite cack her. He shot her, but she's hanging in there. The hospital provided no information uh, related to her fetus. The neighbors say that she's four to five months pregnant. Shot his fucking old lady, his pregnant fucking old lady, man. This is why we got to get, this is why I say we got to get access to the guns off the street. Because especially with these kids, they're hotheads. And imagine that same exact scenario (coughs) minus the gun. It would have been just an ordinary kicking the shit out of your girlfriend situation. Everybody would have been happy. Yeah, fuck that, dude. If I want to have a gun, I want to have a fucking gun. She would have had a split lip, and and uh, and uh, you know he would have been you know carried off to jail for a couple of weeks. No, not everybody should have a gun. They're too fucking dangerous. I'm sorry. You feel that way because you're a child, but you don't have the self control and the self restraint to understand what happens the moment after I shoot, I pull this trigger. Dozens of people suffer. Dozens of lives are affected. The, the, you know, the children grow up motherless. I mean, these are things you don't think about when you're a kid yourself. Before you know, you, you you're hot-headed. So we, yeah, we do need to restrict access of the children from the dangerous stuff. That's the way we fucking run a society. 
Otherwise, nobody's safe. Now, nobody's really safe, of course, at all, and we should realize that. There's no way to guarantee perfect safety for everybody. That's not the function of the state, but it is the function of society to have reasonable safety. And I think it's reasonable to keep the guns away from the children. I think this is the perfect example. The world's beaches and shores are anything but pristine. Volunteers scoured 33 miles of shorelines worldwide and found, get this, 6 million pounds of debris from cigarette butts, food wrappers, abandoned fishing lines, plastic bags that threaten seabirds and marine animals. A report by the Ocean Conservancy, uh, Conservancy to be released tomorrow catalogs nearly 7.2 million items that were collected by volunteers on a single day last September as they combed beaches and rocky shorelines in 76 countries from Bahrain to Bangladesh and in 45 states from Southern California to the rocky coast of Maine. This is an important snapshot of one day, one moment in time, but it serves as a powerful reminder of our carelessness and how our desperate and random actions actually have a collective and global impact, said Vicki Suprill, president of the Ocean Conservancy. So they picked up six million uh, uh, tons of uh, debris on one day from, you know, uh, like 76 countries around the world. So, And this guy's admonishing us that we're affecting the world by throwing the garbage away on the beach because we should be throwing the garbage away in garbage cans where they then go down and get thrown into a landfill. So not sure what the fucking difference is there other than we don't get to enjoy the pristine beach. But I don't see how that really hurts the earth any more than dumping it all in one spot on the earth. That seems a little... I mean, is it me? No. Alicia Keys says she's not a conspiracy theorist. In a statement issued uh, today, Keys says she was clarifying comments that were made during my recent Blender Magazine interview that have been misrepresented. This is another one of these stars that obviously drinks a lot of uh, white wine before an interview and then jabbers you know, her mouth off and says all kinds of shit. And then when they publish it, she says, you know, that's misinterpreted. According to the interview in the magazine's May issue, the 27-year-old singer says gangster rap was a ploy to convince black people to kill each other. This is another one of these ultra-right-wing plots for, to, to get all the black people to go to war with each other. Gangster rap doesn't exist, she says. She's also quoted as saying that she wears a gold AK-47 pendant around her neck to symbolize strength, power, and killing them dead. So What the fuck? She said later that she meant killing them dead like on stage, you know, killing the crowd dead. You knocked them dead. That's what she says in that AK-47. Her friends call her AK because Alicia Keys is her name. So that's kind of like her nickname, AK. So she had a reason for everything, but she said that gangster rap was invented by the government, the whole, like, word, or by the media to get niggers to, you know, go to war with each other. Former President Carter angered Israel's government today by embracing a Hamas politician during a visit to the West Bank, ignoring Israel and U.S. designation of the Islamic militants as a terror group. Israel accused Carter, the broker of the first Arab-Israeli peace accord, of dignifying extremists. But Carter vowed to meet Hamas's supreme leader this week in Syria. Carter, a Nobel Prize uh, uh, peace laureate, also laid a wreath at Yasser Arafat's grave. Another break with U.S. policy. 
during a private peace mission in the Middle East that includes stops in Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, and Syria, where the virulent anti-Israel Hamas movement has its headquarters. Carter returns to Israel on Monday. So he's being shunned by Israel this week. The White House has criticized him for his willingness to meet with these guys. Carter says that the U.S. and Israel should stop isolating the group who control the Gaza Strip and threatens to undermine Israel-Palestinian peace efforts. So he he thinks he's just making nice. So is he, you know, um, just naive uh, meeting with these guys, or is he actually pro-fucking-Arab and, you know, anti-Semitic? Could it be? Mm, Maybe. No, I don't think so. I think he's just a bonehead. One of three former employees being sued by Rob Lowe says that the actor sexually abused her for years, but that she continued to work for him and his wife because she loved their two boys and she needed the job. In legal papers filed in Santa Barbara, Jessica Gibson says Lowe touched her inappropriately several times between September 2005 and January of 2008. Gibson worked for Rob and Cheryl Lowe on and off for seven years before quitting on February 24th. So he touched her inappropriately, maybe like touched her shoulder or, you know, sucked a nipple or something. <laughs> and for that now, she wants 1.5 million bucks. And uh, she, she, she continued to work for him all these years because it wasn't so bad. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. Slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free Ooh, slip out the back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy You just listen to me Hop on the bus, Gus you don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free She said it grieves me so To see you in such pain I wish there was something I could do To make you smile again I said I appreciate that And would you please explain About the 50 ways 
She said, why don't we both just sleep on it tonight? And I believe in the morning you begin to see the light. And then she kissed me, and I realized she probably was right. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Or you hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, And get yourself free. Slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. You just listen to me. Hop on the bus. yourself free
shit. My arms are tired. Just listening to that. Led Zeppelin, Bonzo's mantra. Paul Simon before that. 50 ways to leave your lover. The beat goes on. Jester Radio. This evening, you tune into the ravings of a clown. This Tuesday, April the 15th. It's tax day. So we're playing all great tunes with great drum parts. You've been tuned into the uh, ravings of a clown hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say hi? And uh, why not uh, give us a call, 646-502-8600, get you live on the air with your old pal. Got something to say? Want to get a request in? Want to tell us what's on your mind? You want to say how you feel about uh, the your life these days? Me, personally, you know, it's been a tough couple of days, I got to tell you. Um, maybe it's because... Uh, uh, the Jeff went off on a two-week uh, RV trip across America. And, uh, you know, I feel kind of lonely. Nah, that's not it. I don't know. It's just one of those, um, you know, one of those days, one of those weeks. One of three former employees being sued. Oh, we did this one? The uh, the people are suing Rob Lowe for touching him in a uh, ungodly fashion. Why do we do this constantly? What's the problem here, Bob? Do we have a... Uh, is this an actual radio station? or Iran will eliminate Israel if it attacks the Islamic Republic. Iran's uh, deputy army chief warned today in words conjuring up Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad's threats to wipe Israel off the map. Should Israel take any action against Iran, we will eliminate Israel from the scene of the universe said General Muhammad Riza Ashtiani in Tehran today. Ashtiani's statements followed Infrastructure Minister Benjamin, Benjamin ben Eliezer's comment last week warning Iran that any attack on Israel would result on the destruction of the Iranian nation. Ashtiani claimed Israel was very vulnerable and dismissed allegations that Iran was worried about Israel's Maneuvers, so they're in a um, they're they're basically in a shouting match at this point. This is when the guys, you know, get out of their cars and start yelling at each other, "Fuck you, no fuck you, no fuck your mother, no fuck your mother." Due to its special conditions, Israel is very vulnerable in the region, he said, and aggressors will face a crushing response. Prime Minister Ehud Olmert spokesman Mark Regev responded by saying these hateful and extreme statements from the Iranian leadership are unfortunately routine. The sad reality is that these statements expose the mindset and political agenda of the leadership in Tehran. Unfortunately, these hateful words are backed up by very dangerous actions. Foreign Ministry spokesman Aryeh Mekel said uh, these comments illustrate the need for the international community to work with more determination and take steps to keep Iran, which is threatening to destroy another U.N. member state, from obtaining nuclear weapons. At the U.N., the five permanent Security Council members in Germany will try this week to restart efforts to ensure Iran's nuclear intentions are peaceful. This is another uh, abominable failure of the Bush administration to keep these filthy fucking rogue nations um, in their place. So while he invaded you know two countries one of which uh had no fucking you know beef going with america he's let these lunatics in you know like north korea and iran to just fucking ride roughshod and say all kinds of fucking shit 
Talks in China on Wednesday in the commercial hub of Shanghai aim to follow up on a package of, uh, you know, political bullshit. Security and economic incentives offered to Iran uh, in June of 06 in tandem with further sanctions to punish Tehran's defiance. Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Jingyu said China hoped for an in-depth discussion on the resumption of the relevant talk so as to find a way for the proper solution of the issue through dialogue. Hogwash. Hogwash. China is making millions off of Iran's nuclear program because they're the ones who's selling them all this shit. They're making billions off it. They have no interest in stopping them. Gay couples had to struggle mightily to win the right to marry or form civil unions. Now some are finding that breaking up is hard to do, too. See? I predicted it. Let them find out how fucking stupid getting married is. In Rhode Island, for example, the state's top court ruled in December that gays married in neighboring Massachusetts can't get divorced here because lawmakers have never defined marriage as anything but a union between a man and a woman. In Missouri, a judge is deciding whether a lesbian married in Massachusetts can get an annulment. We all know people who have gone through divorces at the end of that long and unhappy period. They've been able to breathe a sigh of relief, said Cassandra Omistron of Rhode Island, who is splitting from her wife, Margaret Chambers. But I do not see that on my horizon, that sigh of relief, that it's over. So, yeah, I don't see why she thinks that's how it is for people who get divorced, because there's never a sigh of relief after a divorce. Even after the divorce, the pain goes on and on. So this is what I am sorry to say, but the, the, the gay people have had to learn on their own that getting married is one of the stupidest things that they fought for. Over the past four years, Massachusetts has been the only state where gay marriage is legal, where nine other states allow gay couples to enter into civil unions or domestic partnerships that offer many of the same rights and privileges of marriage, the vast majority of those unions require court action to dissolve. So they also need to get divorced. I warned you, I warned you. Didn't I warn you? Stupid, stupid homos. So, you know, the government has no business involved in any relationships. It's a fact of human nature that the, the vast majority of adult relationships don't last. And for us to just simply act like it's all our fault and not just the fact that we're not just built for that uh, is stupid. And the reason that we're, you know, keep thinking that guilty when we want to end a relationship is because the fucking church tells us to. But there is no real rational reason if two... A reasonable-minded adults have a relationship and then they come to a point where they no longer desire a relationship with each other, then get the fuck out. What are they sticking around for? And the only reason they're sticking around is because the church um, uh, uh, tricks them into this lifelong promise, you know, like when you're four fucking 17 years old, you're supposed to know what you want to do tomorrow, much less for the rest of your fucking life. And then they make you feel guilty as shit when you realize, you know, 10 weeks or 10 years or 50 years down the road, uh-oh, not happy. Big mistake. So do you stay together because you made a promise? How's that a fucking stupid-ass way to waste your life? So now the homos are finding out for themselves. French former film star Bridget Bardot went on trial today for insulting Muslims. 
This is the fifth time she's faced the charge of inciting racial hatred over her controversial remarks about Islam and its followers. Obviously, you don't have freedom of speech in, in France. Uh, prosecutors asked that Paris courts hand the 73-year-old former sex symbol a two-month suspended prison sentence and fine her 15,000 euros, which is about 24 grand in real money, for saying that the Muslim community was destroying our country and imposing its acts. Since retiring from the film industry in the 1970s, Bardot has become a prominent animal rights activist, but she also uh, has courted controversy by denouncing Muslim traditions and immigration from predominantly Muslim countries. She's been fined four times for inciting racial hatred since 1997. At first, 1,500 euros and most recently 5,000. Prosecutor Anne de Fontet told the court she was seeking a tougher sentence than usual, adding, I'm a little tired of prosecuting Mrs. Bardot. Bardot did not attend the trial because she, she said she was physically unable to. The verdict is, um, is expected in several weeks. French anti-racist groups complained last year about comments Bardot made about the Muslim feast of Eid al-Adha in a letter to President Nicolas Sarkozy that the letter was later published by her foundation. Muslims traditionally mark Eid al-Adha by slaughtering a sheep or another animal to commemorate the prophet Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son on God's orders. France is home to 5 million Muslims, Europe's largest Muslim community, making up 8% of France's population. I'm fed up with being under the thumb of this population, which acts, uh, is destroying us, destroying our country, and imposing its acts, uh, she said, the star of uh, And God Created Woman in Contempt. Bardot uh, previously said France is being invaded by sheep slaughtering Muslims and published a book attacking gays, immigrants, and the unemployed, <laughs> which she also lamented the Islamization of France. Well, there's no doubt that, um, you know, Muslim doctrine teaches the caliphate, the idea of the thousand-year reign of, you know, Muslims over all mankind. And they do just see it as a process of, you know, moving into a country and taking it over. It's not, it's not a paranoia. It's a fact. So talk to any Muslim. Ask about the word caliphate. And they say, oh, yeah, that's that thing where the Muslims rule the whole world. It's coming. So is it coming sooner than later? I guess some people feel that sooner the better. Bristling at criticism in the run-up to the Summer Olympics, China is lashing back at its foreign critics. By name, earlier this week, the stake Xinhua news agency called House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Disgusting. And on Tuesday, can you imagine? This is what they call the sheep calling the kettle black. Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Zhang Yu lambasted CNN commentator Jack Cafferty for his vicious commentary on China. Man, you know, I love Jack Cafferty. Once upon a time, he was a small fry reporter on local New York news. And he was a straight reporter. He didn't do the, you know, opinion thing like he does now. But you could tell, man, he was like a crusty, curmudgeon kind of, you know, avuncular kind of dude and he turned into like the just the greatest newscaster on cnn we solemnly request that cnn and cafferty himself take back the malicious remarks and apologize to the chinese people he doesn't just have to apologize he's going to take it back he's got to say it backwards protesters plaguing the global uh, olympic torch relay along with mounting criticism of china's handling of domestic unrest by tibetans have embittered many chinese 
As foreign leaders discuss whether to boycott the Olympics opening ceremonies on August 8th, Chinese Internet sites are replete with their own mounting calls for boycotts of foreign goods, souring the mood as the nation prepares to host its biggest international event ever. Can't imagine what they were thinking. Can't imagine how they all, the fucking Chinese, uh, you know, fucking sadist cocksuckers got together and said, let's, you know, put on a world event. Uh, no one's going to fucking call us out on the shit that we do to people. No one's going to, you know, protest or anything. We're just going to make it nice and smooth. After all, we've been fucking, for, you know, forcing these fucking Chinese sheep around for the past 2,000 years. Surely we could pull it over on everybody else from around the world. And now they're pissed that they're not pulling it off. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. More uh, great drums. This time from, uh, who is it? Keith Moon and The Who. On Jester Radio. Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals and I get my back into my living. And I don't need to fight to prove I'm right. I don't need to be forgiven.
That was probably Ringo's, uh, probably one of his best jobs. Carry that raid from the Wade from the Beatles, the Safaris before that, and Wipeout, and the Who, and uh, Keith Moon's frenetic uh, drumming on Baba O'Reilly. You tune into the ravings of a clown on the Beat Goes On night. This is Tuesday, April the fifteenth, Tax Day, the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with Lulu, the El Paso County Sheriff's Office today identified the burned 67-year-old man as Reyes Jaramillo Hernandez. Deputies say he was missing since Friday and was found Sunday inside a cave with third-degree burns over 40% of his body. Uh, He was taken to Beaumont Army Medical Center and was waiting to be transported to a Lubbock burn center. Today at 3 p.m. on Sunday, deputies were called to the Trans Mountain Road. The elderly man's family reported they had found his vehicle and the interior of the vehicle were badly burned inside. The brother said the vehicle was burned from inside, and he immediately called emergency officials. Family members told officials they became suspicious when the old man had not returned home since Friday and went out to look for him on Sunday. Can you imagine? They waited, a 67-year-old guy. Now, honey, where's the old man? Waited two fucking days. They didn't officially report him until Sunday. After a search, emergency vehicles found the man inside a cave in the Franklin Mountains, about a quarter mile from his vehicle, uh, he was a little disoriented. It was not known whether the burns were self-inflicted or if other people were involved. Investigation is ongoing, uh, says the uh, sheriff. We're talking to the family and seeing what it was his state of mind. We don't know if there was a second party involved. Well, you know what a lot of these cases turn out to be. I don't want to be the you know harbinger of uh, bad news, but... Um, a lot of times, this is uh, spontaneous human combustion, SHC. It happens all the time, especially with the older folks because they fart a lot. And then they rub on the fabric on the seat, and uh, uh, and they uh, explode. It ignites the methane in their ass. It's very common. I don't care if you don't believe me. Listen to this one. Police say a man dressed as a woman repeatedly crashed his car into a suburban Detroit lingerie store that had refused to hire him earlier this year. Apparently, because he thinks he dresses like a woman, he could act like one, too. Oakland County Undersheriff Michael McCabe said Jeremy McIntosh, 27, was arrested Saturday night outside the Intimate Ideas Store in Commerce Township, Michigan, 25 miles northwest of Detroit. Damage to the store was estimated at three grand. McCabe said McIntosh was wearing facial makeup, lipstick, blue capri pants, red flip-flops, a flowery blouse, and a matching flowery woman's bra. So this is <laughs> this especially concerns me when the men start wearing the bras. McIntosh told deputies he's homeless and wanted to go to jail because he had nowhere else to go. He remained jailed after his Monday arraignment on charges including malicious destruction of property and reckless driving. He doesn't have a lawyer yet. He's going to throw himself on the mercy of the court. He wants to go to jail. I mean, what's better for a fucking homo transsexual in jail? You know, that you become like a fucking star if you're one of those. Turn into a woman, man. It's like having a fucking actual woman in your fucking cell, you know? They, they like constantly, and they make, you know, they file their nails all the time. It's like having an actual chick. Ken Griggs likes his new dog, but he preferred the old one. 
Then again, it might be the same dog. It's a possible case of mistaken identity. Greg said the black Labrador named Callie that he left at a Dundee kennel before spring break was not the same one that he picked up a week later. It's a sweet dog, Greg said, of the imposter living in his Lake Oswego, Oregon home. It's uh, tough because now we've had the dog for 10-plus days, and the kids, especially the young ones, start to get attached to it. I like it, but I want mine. This is what fucking happens with dogs. You spend a half hour around them, you're like, all right, come on, you're with me. Allison Best, owner of the Tail Wagon Boarding Kennel, said Griggs has the right dog, but Callie's vet examined the dogs Griggs brought home and found evidence that it's not Callie. We know it's not Callie. Veterinarian Andrea Frost told the Oregonian newspaper, Griggs said he immediately noticed the differences in the dog. When he picked them up from the kennel, the family cat, normally friends with Callie, hissed at the dog. He wouldn't heal, and, uh, you know, the, the, the real Callie heals all the time. Griggs returned the dog to the kennel and best examined whether Callie may have gotten mixed up with any other of the black labs staying there this week. Owners of the seven other black labs said, nope, they all got the right dog. However, the owner of Dixie, a dog Callie shared a kennel with, said her dogs had undergone a personality change. But after three or four conversations that day, the owner maintained she had the right dog, just different personality. Still best arranged for the owners and their dogs to meet on March 31st for a possible exchange. The woman said, uh, called saying she was late. Meanwhile, Griggs had arrived with his family. Black Lab got excited when the Griggses approached and the kids declared it was Callie. And into the car they went. It was the same dog the Griggs had just returned. It's uncanny how much it looks like my dog, Griggs says. I'm sure it was happy to see us and recognize us from the day before and mistook us, but still unsure, Griggs took the dog to the vet. Callie had once had surgery on her left elbow, and the dog showed no trauma. Callie also had steel sutures after being spayed, and this dog had none that showed up in the x-ray. The dog also seemed to have a rapid weight loss. Griggs has hired a lawyer. Best said the case is closed. Mr. Griggs kind of lost his credibility with me the second time he came into the kennel with his family and reclaimed the same dog. If he can't remember his dog, I don't feel I can be of any help. Well, that's stupid and disingenuous because he may not be able to recognize his own stupid dog, you dumb bitch. But the x-rays don't lie. If he had steel sutures before, he should have them now. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. More of the beat goes on JR, this time from King Crimson. And by the way, put on the headphones, spark up a doobie. This one gets intense.
Where else could they go with it? Where else could they go with it? That's what Peter Hoy said. Those are the days I used to sit in Peter Hoy's room behind the uh, uh, firehouse, and his father would his father would come in. We were all fucking sitting around with the lights out and the black light on. Wasted fucking was like London had like a you know four foot fog hanging over it, and we'd be listening to King Crimson, bobbing our heads to that drum solo, like you know fucking six or seven of us, like d- directly out from you know that seventies show. And his father would come in, who was fucking wasted 24-7, which is why we all went to his house uh, or his apartment above the deli behind the firehouse. Um, and he would come in and, like, actually stand there with his jaw agape, watching us all, like, b- nodding our heads to that drum solo for, like, you know, seven minutes. And then he'd fucking, like, mutter something like Popeye under his breath and close the door. Those were, that, that's my memory of that song. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. The Beat Goes On, JR, our tribute to the great drum parts of uh, rock and roll this evening. So if you're just tuning in, we've uh, featured uh, songs from uh, the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and The Who and even the Safaris and uh, a Beatles tune. Maybe Ringo, uh, you know, had just was right on just that one time, maybe a couple of times. After all, you know, when they asked uh, John Lennon what he thought of Paul McCartney's new album, he said, well, it's not as bad as Ringo. Uh, Um, a discharged uh, patient in Longmont, Colorado, was accused of stealing an ambulance, then speeding away <laughs> at up to 100 miles an hour while unknowing drivers yielded uh, th- there right away. He was arrested today after he lost control and crashed. Another ambulance took the guy back to the hospital <laughs> under police guard. Uh, said uh, Tim Lewis, we don't want another ambulance driving away. Mickey Stevenson, Terry... 35 has been released from a hospital in Lafayette where he apparently found an ambulance outside the emergency care department. Uh, The suspect jumped into the ambulance while its crew was taking another patient inside the building. Boulder, Colorado uh, County Sheriff's deputies stopped the ambulance and spoke to the suspect, but he sped away with his lights and siren on, driving 80 to 100 miles an hour as other vehicles got the fuck out of the way. The ambulance came within two feet of hitting an officer on foot who tried to stop cross-traffic so that the ambulance wouldn't hit those drivers. After officers called off the pursuit, the ambulance came to a clogged intersection on Colorado 119, lost control, glanced the front of a stop car, left the road, hit a median, and landed in boulders and uh, broken axle. The suspect fled on foot, but he was detained by citizens. The suspect had leg and rib injuries and was conscious at the scene. They, they don't think the injuries were from the accident. <laughs> Magnolia, Arkansas, police say it wasn't the fried chicken in Savalas Van Tongley Stewart's car that gave off the funky smell. Instead, officers said they found a side dish of marijuana that Stewart had hid inside the recently purchased box of chicken. During a traffic stop on Friday night, police said officers smelled the odor of marijuana coming from the car and found it after Stewart consented to a search. The fuck kind of moron would do that? Because they can't get a uh, warrant and claiming an odor is not probable cause. 
So they have to ask your permission. What kind of retard would give up his Fifth Amendment right, his Fourth Amendment right to a, a protection against illegal search and seizure? Police say officers smelled the odor of marijuana coming from the car. Officers said they also found several ecstasy pills in his pocket. Stewart, 33, of Waldo, faces a misdemeanor marijuana possession charge and a felony drug possession charge for the E. A deputy at the Columbia County Jail said officers let Stewart out today to await a court appearance. Uh, and uh, we, we couldn't find a phone number for this guy. Australian police are searching for a burglary suspect who escaped custody by stealing a police car. Another one of these, this time in Brisbane. Meanwhile, this guy was handcuffed. Police say the 29-year-old man had been detained on suspicion of breaking and entering. Two officers handcuffed him and left him in the back of an unmarked vehicle uh, while they examined a bag outside the car. The suspect then jumped into the driver's seat and fucking hit the gas. Police said the keys were left in the car. The vehicle was found an hour later, but the guy is still at large. An investigation is underway. So if you're in Brisbane, keep on the lookout for a guy in handcuffs. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with uh, Lulu. Why not stop by and say hi? She was in the thick of the fray there in El Paso. Apparently she's the one that found the old guy and uh, gave him aid and comfort while uh, they waited for uh, the police to arrive if you know what I mean. And uh, also 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal. 646-502-8600. And uh, what else we got going? Oh, yeah. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that if you've missed any portion of this evening's cast, it'll be recast at 2 a.m. and then 2 p.m. following all times Eastern and uh, you can feel it coming in the air tonight. Another interesting, cool drum part, this time by a great drummer himself, formerly of uh, Genesis, Phil Collins on Jester Radio. Thank you. 
Leewood Mac on Jester Radio and Tusk. Lovely drum part. Phil Collins before that in the air tonight. He was a, um, he's a really cool act, a very dramatic. He was a child actor over in London. He was, um, he was Oliver on the London stage when he was a kid. He was the Oliver or the Artful Dodger or one of those guys. And uh, he grew up and joined up with uh, Genesis uh, as the drummer. And then when Peter Gabriel split, he became the front man because he basically was doing a Peter Gabriel imitation, which was excellent. But, of course, we found out when he went off on his own, he was a, always a good drummer, very cool stage act. Uh, but, you know, his lyrics were just crap compared to, um, f you know... Um, that guy from uh, Genesis, uh, Peter Gabriel, who went on to, you know, st stunning solo career. It won't come with the ocean views. By the way, you're tuned into the ravings of a clown this Tuesday, April the 15th, tax day, 2008. It won't come with the ocean views, but you can still catch some thrills from riding your very own Ferris wheel straight off the Santa Monica Pier. If you've ever been down to this uh, pier, it's a fucking other world uh, down there. All these... Uh, unbelievably gorgeous young people rollerblading around in the like perfect weather you can just imagine 72 degrees 350 days of the year and uh, you know you could just hang down there and just see the most stunning fucking bodies all day long and all the homeless people live down there you know it's a great place to live outdoors the nine-story wheel and it's got this cool amusement park down there too the nine-story wheel that's been at Pacific Park since 1996 was put up uh, for sale today on eBay. The wheel overlooking the Pacific has 20 gondolas, uh, is outlined in 5,392 light bulbs. It's uh, provided some 3 million rides and has been seen in movies and TV and numerous photos. Next month, however, the Pacific wheel will be replaced by a $1.5 million modern model. The old wheel is still operational, still in great shape. According to Cameron Andrews, a spokesman for the amusement park, the wheel cost eight hundred grand when it was built, but it was modified in '98 to become the world's first solar-powered Ferris wheel. The auction will last ten days. The minimum price is only a, a very reasonable fifty grand. Half the winning bid, minus of course the fees involved, will be donated to the Special Olympics to support base for the wheel. Cost another one hundred and thirty-five grand. So if you want the support. You got to shell out the other hundred thirty-five grand, but otherwise you could just take the one hundred twenty-two thousand-pound wheel and uh, ship it yourself. By the way, the buyer has to pay for their own shipping, so keep that in mind. Between shipping and handling an item like this, it's going to run you at least nineteen ninety-five. That's another fucking scam uh, they've been doing on the TV ads the past couple of years. Is you know they. They um, advertise a product for like $4, and then they have a tiny print, you know, shipping and handling twenty seven seventy five, And the guy goes, but wait, we'll double your order if you just pay additional shipping and handling. So, you know, the, the, the two fucking pieces of shit cost $4, but the shipping and handling is like 50 bucks. And literally, it happens all the time. People, you know, check their credit card bill, because even when they call up, the guy just mutters it over the phone. We really do need to do something about this bogus uh, shipping and handling scam. Everything has shipping and handling. Every time you buy something in a store, it's been shipped from somewhere and somebody's handled it. It's built into the price. Why do these guys get away with, 
you know, tacking on this extra shipping and handling as if, oh, other businesses don't have that. You go into a fucking restaurant, how do you think the fucking food got there? Somebody drove it on a truck. There's your shipping and your handling right there. Now, this is a cool story. We're going to wrap it up with this evening. Hiding a ring in a bouquet just wasn't enough when a computer programmer decided to pop the question, Bernie Pang reprogrammed Tammy Lee's favorite video game, Bejeweled, so that a ring and a marriage proposal would show up on the screen when she reached a certain score. And when she reached the score, she said yes. The word of the romantic feat last December filtered out after Pang, a financial software programmer, posted details on his blog. The reprogramming was a tricky task and took him over a month. I thought it was pretty cool in a nerdy way, he told the Star Ledger of Newark. Um, it t- <laughs> he actually put off asking the chick to marry him till he could f- finish the Fakakta program. The couple planned to marry over Labor Day weekend, and PopCap, the Seattle company that makes Bejeweled, will fly the couple to Seattle as part of their honeymoon. Most video game companies would frown on people manipulating their games, said Gark. Uh, Garth Shoto, a spokesman for PopCap, but it won him a woman, and a bunch of geeks will have to say, Bernie, hats off to you. The company is also supplying copies of jewels to hand out as favors to the wedding guests in the hugely popular game. Players score points by swapping gems to form vertical and horizontal chains. It's like a fucking knockoff of uh, Tetris, is all it is. But he fucking disassembled the code, found out, you know, where her high score was, and then and then added some fucking, you know, some little wedge programming in there, jumped to a little subroutine when she hits that score. Will you marry me? Not that I still don't frown on marriage, but, you know, they're young and stupid. Hey, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Tuesday, April the 15th, Tax Day. 2008. Do hope you got those taxes out. You know, I do believe that uh, the idea of having to file your own income tax return is a violation of the Fifth Amendment. Uh, In this country, we're not supposed to have to incriminate ourselves. So ratting yourself out to the IRS doesn't seem constitutional. And there's lots of folks in America who actually withhold are tax protesters. And you know what the IRS does about them? Nothing. Nothing. Because the whole thing is a fucking bluff. Because if word got out that all you got to do is not pay, then the shit would really hit the fan. And there's, you know, people out there working on getting those laws changed because uh, taxing your income is also unconstitutional. It's a relatively new thing. Only the past, you know, 100 years or so does the government stick their fucking hands in your pocket after your boss pays you. Up until then, it was all consumption tax, sales tax. Every time money changed hands with a customer and a vendor, the government stuck their paws into that. And that was enough to run the country. So it should be enough now, too. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is our favorite two hours of the day, and it means so very much to me that you stopped by and spent a little of your special time with us. Please remember, be impeccable with your word. It's your one and only one, and it's the only thing that people give a fuck about. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And always, always do your best. That's the most important thing. We'll meet in that place where darkness never comes. That's my promise to you. Until that time, Houston. Good night. See you tomorrow.